Good afternoon, gentlemen, and welcome. Good afternoon. Thank you. Good afternoon, Kingsley. Uh, can I know who we have in front of us today? Okay, this is Vigilant Ade, uh, co-founder of Nawiwi, and also a financial manager by profession. Oh, welcome, Mr. Ade. Thank you. And uh, this is Edward Babi, founder of Nawiwi, and also a data scientist by profession. Okay. Um, it uh, baffles me. How did you people come about this uh, whole stuff of Nawiwi? Uh, to say. Um, it was not an easy task, to be honest. It's, uh, it came about after a series of calls and um, as a result of uh, probably the crisis too in the Northwest, we, my brother and I, visually, we got talking. We were talking a lot over Skype, especially during the weekends. So we were wondering about how we could help our junior ones, given the things that we went through in our secondary school days, in our university days. We were thinking of how we could give back, how we could help people uh, not to go through the same things that we went through. So I think this is one of the things that pushed us to come up with this idea. Yeah, the basic summary to the whole thing was us trying to find a way to give back to the community. Like my brother was just saying, <clears throat> we had so many interactions over the phone while we were both studying in Asia. He was in India and I was in Malaysia. So every now and then we'll discuss to see how far we've come in our careers and we'll always look back and say, but if we had the proper orientation back from high school, we probably would have taken different routes in our lives. So even though, in as much as we are quite satisfied, I would say, or comfortable in the current careers we occupy, but still, there is always avenues for improvement. So if we could help other people find their passions, you could help other people find the right career paths, then we have done a lot for the community. Exactly. Listening to you people talk, it shows uh, because of uh, your exposure and uh, uh, the educational part you took, uh, living from Cameroon to Asia, uh, you notice some loopholes in our educational system. Exactly. Can you identify some of those loopholes that you notice, which you are solving through the Nawiwi project? All right, for someone like me in India, what I noticed in India is um, most of the most most of the children, most of the Indians, I realize that they're very young, and uh, very, most of them at the tender age they decide to be entrepreneurs. They don't decide to be entrepreneurs because um, they don't decide to be entrepreneurs because they, they they think it's an easy way out, but because they find themselves doing something that they love, and they started doing that thing that they love because it's like some of their parents pushed them. When people push them to actually keep on doing what they like. Um, and then when I look back at my country, I realize that in certain cases, like most of what the Indians were doing, you see somebody who is um, probably making smoothies and doing something on the road, but you think that he's doing it out of, because he's not intelligent or something, but it's his passion. And the same thing with the IT guys, with the accountants, with so many other people, musicians, comedians, they were doing what they love. And I realized that most of the parents pushed them to do that. So I was like, okay, uh, what is happening in my country? Why can't our parents not push some of us to become musicians, push some of us to become writers, push some of us to become um, entrepreneurs? So that's one thing that pushed me to come up with this idea in a way, and I presented it to my board, and we had a lot of contributions to do with it. Yeah, so what I noticed from my own Asian experience was very interactive education from a very young age. Most children are homeschooled in Asia. 
like the parents start instilling in them educational values, reading books, researching online, use of internet from a very tender age. Meaning by the time they're going to school, they really have a proper idea about the kind of career they want to get into. It's not some preformed style like in Cameroon where your parents say, okay, no, this is going to be a doctor, you're going to be an engineer, the streamlined kind of education. In Asia, you're encouraged to actually go for your passion. If you're a singer, your dad will actually buy you a guitar or a piano or something like that. It'll actually push you to go out there. It's not just all about mathematics and all of that. You're actually pushed to be interactive. So you learn more from extracurricular activities, not just from you go to school, you read your books and you come back home. No, you actually have a lot of avenues to learn and explore alternatives to know what you actually want to do in the future. So that is the difference I found in the educational system out there and back at home here. From what I pick out, from what people are exposing from your experiences in Asia, it shows that there is a lot for us to learn from uh, these Asian countries. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, uh, after coming back from Asia, I can see you people are actually in a march, in a movement to change the mentality of Cameroonians. Exactly. Not, not uh, only Cameroonians, but Africans. Africans, yeah. How do you intend to do this? Um, at the moment, we've chosen to go through career guidance because we, we feel that there's a gap, there's a huge gap between um, what people do uh, and what they, what they would love to do. I think that most of us, we just do things because we're doing, we, we, we we find we survive. We do things to survive. We don't do things because we love them, especially in Cameroon. You see somebody going to, um, somebody going, somebody leaving um, secondary school, going to high school, doing maybe the arts or the sciences, um, getting to the university. You find yourself doing probably medicine or um, engineering just because your brother or your, whoever well, in your family did that or because your parents are pushing you to do that. And then, because your parents are pushing you to do that, we know that in, a, in an African context, we believe a lot in Godfathers. So people do what uh, their parents ask them to do because they want to have a job later after that. But at the end of the day, they realize that it's not what they love. They're just doing it because they want to secure a future for themselves. But that future you secure for yourself is not a happy one. It's uh, you're, you're barely surviving. I just wanted to find out, don't you think this is uh, due to uh, colonization of Africa? Is it not the mentality that was left in Africans after colonization? Well, I think with, when you say that, you make a very strong point because I think the whole colonization process kind of brainwashed the African man and made us see more value in what is white and not what is black. But that is the whole point that we is trying to show that everything we need in this life we can get it in Africa. We have it right here at home. We're not saying people shouldn't go out to study, people shouldn't travel or whatever, but white isn't superior. Black is gold, black has the power. We have everything here to use to our disposal to make Africa great again. So uh, what have you been doing so far to put this project on the move? Uh, so far, since we said we're doing career guidance, we intended to look at uh, schools, mostly primary and secondary schools. So uh, we've actually approached a couple of schools, but uh, some of them think that we are too young to actually do a career guidance or career orientation for kids. So we decided to look at it in terms of IT. 
we also we also realize that in terms of IT, our country is lacking. I, for example, um, I uh, I had very bad coding skills because I feel that I wasn't well oriented in, at the University of Boya. So that's why we decided to go to IT. So we're targeting more schools. Want the children to be able to develop um, websites and applications for their schools. When I talk about the children, I mean the later those in the the last class probably get six and get get uh, five and six. You want them to be able to develop applications for themselves and then for themselves and the schools. And then through that, we intend to organize workshops. We organize workshops between the schools and competitions. We can use that avenue to do a career orientation for the kids. Because during the workshops, we're going to invite people of different walks of life to come and talk to the kids. So that's one way in which we are, we are looking at it. And uh, for now, I think that's what you have actually started with. Yeah. And uh, you have other projects that will be coming up. Exactly. Yeah. And can you list some of these projects? One of the things, one of the things we intend doing is uh, we're also trying to create a niche of entrepreneurs. Um, not only from from Cameroon. For example, in Cameroon, we have at least uh, we have a group in which we have at least twenty entrepreneurs already doing different things, from fashion to music to uh, restaurants, to so many different things. So we intend to come from having a niche of entrepreneurs. Then the next thing we intend doing is uh, we we are also helping people travel out. Not I mean when I say travel, I don't mean in the Western Western world. I mean travel out in Africa. Because people can get the same education that we get out of Africa, you can also get it in Africa. We look at countries like South Africa, look at countries like Ghana, they have good schools, which students can go there and study. We don't help people just to go out, we will help them to get scholarships in Africa. All right. Then we, <coughs> we equally have, we are equally trying to get people to study not just out of Cameroon, not just out, not just in Africa, but also in Cameroon. Because actually, we have so many different institutions here which have a lot to offer but fail in the short run because they don't have enough students interested in those particular avenues. I think this comes back to the issue of career guidance. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So if we can put, because one of the things we are doing, because our website is under development, and uh, this is me spilling out the beans here, but one of the things that this website is going to offer is a whole database offering the different career alternatives and the different schools where you can find such programs to study within the country. So if you have the opportunity to ever stumble on our website and say you're interested in something, let's say, something so abstract like actuarial science, you know you have people who do accounting, you know people who do auditing, but you also have a complete different field in business, which is actuarial sciences, which people could be interested in, but they don't know where they can study this. We can put you in touch with that. That is one of the things that we do. We do intensive market research. We study the job market trends, both in Cameroon, in Africa, to know the future, like to know the long-term uh, trends in the market. So we can drive people to the right career choices, where you can make money in the long run. Because as you know, this is a whole business age. Technology is taking over. So many jobs are going to be replaced by machine, and all of that. How do you how do you sustain yourself in the long run? Are you going to get into a career where in the next 10, 15 years you're going to be kicked out? You have a machine doing your job. You need to take something which needs cognitive skills, which makes you use make use of your brain. Your brain is the human capacity is so so important that no no matter what kind of machine you can never overlook it. So have a career which makes you indispensable 
that is basically what Nawiri is trying to do. If we continue here, I think uh, I'll have to open your brains and remove all the intelligence that you will have to pour out. But I think there is more to Nawiri than just talking on a podcast like this. And uh, those who are interested in this uh, project can get to your website, which is under development. Once that is done, I think all what they need to know about the Nawibi project will be on that website. I want to thank you, Vigilant. I want to thank you, Edward, for choosing to talk to us. We wish you the best in your venture. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I am King Ginny of GolfLTD.com. Welcome to Entrepreneur's Digest. Entrepreneur's Digest is where you get all the necessary tools and success tips you need to start and sustain your business. Becoming an African entrepreneur is taking part in solving Africans' problems with a business approach. There are many business opportunities available to unlock the rich potentials of the African continent. We all know that Africa is the richest continent in the world in terms of natural resources, but the poorest in the economic scene. Entrepreneurs are always looking for avenues and opportunity to reverse this picture of Africa. We shall be looking at some five hot African industries you should consider investing in. Number one, internet entertainment services. Today, African media contents are highly solicited in the world. New music albums are shot all over the continent every day, which are highly solicited in the world. But the commercialization seems to be very difficult. Big players like Netflix have started acquiring original content from Africa, just showing you the potential this industry has in the market. This is a big business opportunity for entrepreneurs, especially African entrepreneurs, to invest in web-based platforms that provide paid-for movies and music on demand. We can see Roko TV of Nigeria is already playing a big role in it and opening opportunities so that we can see but there still exists enormous opportunities in this industry internet services number two let's think of solar energy solutions africa has adopted this renewable energy source and it has a great acceptance rate within africa the continent has vast potentials of solar given its global location we all know that Electricity is very essential for communication and extremely useful in educational and medical institutions. Electricity is also needed for IT equipment to function properly, showing you the importance of solar energy in Africa. Solar energy is a great opportunity. Schools, hospitals and other institutions are ready to create 
their solar energy solutions. Some have already started creating in of the grid areas their solar energy solution. So this is an opportunity for you to invest in this solar energy sector. However, we don't have affordable and easy to use and easy to assemble kits in the market which people are soliciting for these kits on a daily basis this provides a big opportunity for any african entrepreneur to invest in the tech opportunity or the tech industry that uh, i will be advising entrepreneurs to invest in africa is to try to create mobile phone solutions Mobile phones are very common throughout Africa. Actually, it is said the penetration rate is as high as 50%. That's most of Africans use mobile phones. They use it for communication. They use it for banking. They use it to assess other financial information as well as health information. And they need easy ways to keep their phone charged. That's the first opportunity you could invest in bringing solutions to charge phones you could also consider investing in solar chargers or battery-based chargers that provide affordable uh, charging services also you can start thinking of providing mobile phone solutions that are tailored to solve specific needs while watching or reading an article over bbc.com i saw a difficulty uh, that was being addressed Uh, fishermen using condoms to put your phones inside so that when they go offshore uh, they will be able to answer and respond to to calls from their customers you can tailor a solution towards creating a device that will help fishermen when they go offshore or that can be water resistant fourthly you could also consider investing in water wheels and dams this is still to generate electricity Creating simple water wheels or dam components or dam designs will enable the creation of electricity in a small scale. You can build a business to distribute and build small installations to serve irrigation and electrical needs. That's creating small dams, of course, and irrigation systems. Wow, on the fifth position, this is something that is taking Africa apart. This is an industry that if you have the knowledge you should invest in fintech born out of african challenges that is fintech was born out of africa's challenges fintech what does it involve it involves the use of technology to support banking and financial services fintech is facilitating the ease rapidity and cost of reaching out to africans on the self population with financial services fintech is rapidly growing in africa this is due to the success of the uh, mobile money solutions in africa many african startups are developing other financial applications that could be applied to africa and other parts of the world mobile money came in and now in africa there is no country in africa that you can go to without seeing a mobile money service which is serving right down to the root population most africans are tailoring your technologies towards creating solutions that would develop digital finance in africa you can think of insurance you can think of digital learning you can think of wealth management fintech 
is the main language in African financial market today. This is due to the fact that the financial market is greatly underserved. Fintech is a very good business opportunity. Thank you for listening to my five hot African industry you can consider investing in. However, there are many other business ideas or industries that you can invest in. Just pick one and start solving some of the greatest problems that Africa has. Thank you for joining me in this podcast. Hope it was helpful and see you in our next podcast. Podcast.